0: How we going mates? Welcome back to the top step. We have a solo mission today. I'm going solo today. Grant's going to be back later on this week, but I just wanted to address a few things and have a quick episode. There's a lot to cover. I've got a couple shout outs, a couple announcements. I'm going to talk about some Jesse Winker for you. I'm going to talk about JP Crawford. What happens to players once the off-season rolls around, I'm going to tell you some stories, get to all that. Before we do, make sure you subscribe. I need you to subscribe if you love this show. Go ahead and subscribe. It helps us, grows the show, uh, and then we can have some really good guests who are coming up all off-season long. Make sure you follow us at Top Step Podcast. I'll do my best. I'm brutal on social media as far as keeping up with stuff, but I will do my best, I promise. I promise. All right, with all that being said, you've gone and subscribed. You've gone and pressed the like or the whatever, the download button, whatever it is. All right, let's get right into it. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland-Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. (laughs) Face face the Hall of Famer. (laughs) Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be... A story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. and the inning is over, but what an inning it was as six. Victor Martinez and Grant Balfour join and benches and cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim. He's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Oh, no. killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. All right, how are we doing? We had our first episode back, Grant, myself. It was fun, man. It was just good chatting to Grant Balfour, who, again, like I said, he's going to join us later on this week. We've got Coey the Apprentice, the biggest Padres fan on the planet. I got to talk to him as well about everything Padres, how that was. I come from uh, a place I – cover, I cover the Mariners here in Seattle. When the playoffs, when they clinched, went to the playoffs, which, by the way, I missed the clinching moment, by the way. When Cal Raleigh hit that home run, I was in Panama. I was calling a game for the World Baseball Classic Qualifiers in Panama. And I remember – I got the alert on my phone. I'm sitting there. Intense game, by the way. Uh, the home team – they were actually playing. Panama were playing. And uh, super intense game. And I get this alert on my phone that the big dumper uh, hit the go-ahead. The um, the clinching moment, hit that home run. I was like, hey, Tyler, Tyler mine who who's doing play-by-play sitting next to me. I'm like, hey, bro, you've got this. You've got this for another inning and a half. I'll throw a couple comments like, oh, good swing there. Or that was a nasty slider or something like that. But that's it. Because I need to start getting caught up with everything that was happening with the Mariners. But man, what a time. I mean, I've had so many people talk to me about the season, uh, obviously Robbie Ray. Should they have used him? All the all the things going on with the playoffs, but nothing beat. I've got to say, nothing beat that w- the first game, the first playoff game. You're talking 20 plus years. You should, man. It was. If you weren't there in Seattle, it was absolutely electric. Uh, I want to talk about Takowi the Apprentice later on this week or next week once he gets back, once he comes down from his. He's uh cloud he's been riding on with the Padres. Because Padres and Mariners, they're kind of similar. They're one of those teams that you know took forever. The Padres went out and spent a bunch of money um, to, to build that team and everything else. But uh, I'm looking forward to chatting to him. But look, we've got a lot to get into. I'm going to get into some Mariners stuff. I want to talk about Jesse Winker. I want to talk about J.P. Crawford. I want to talk about the offseason um, here in a minute. But before we do that, I just want to give a couple shout-outs. First of all, it's taken me a while to do this, and I just – I don't know why, I I know this kid, I've worked with him back in Australia, Will Klein, I want to give you a big shout out, man, I know you listen to this, with everyone at Hunter Sports High, uh, Hookie, who looks after you guys, I know, uh, This is by the way, this is my hometown, uh, up in Newcastle as well, which I miss you guys, man, but um, I just want to give a shout out, thanks for listening, uh, and keep going, man, keep working, keep doing your thing, love everything you guys are doing at Hunter Sports High, it's awesome, there's a baseball program there, now another big another big shout out I want to give for those of you who don't know who are listening. I have a business. I, I run a company. It's called Next Gen Baseball. You can go to NextGenBaseball.com. It's N X T G E N baseball uh, And you can go to the alumni page. And one of the, my biggest passions, obviously, I love talking baseball. I love talking and, and everything to do with baseball, as you can figure out. But I have I've been a part of this business since founded back in twenty sixteen. And it's been through its ups and downs, that's for sure. But the best thing ever is when I'm able to get a kid across the line for a big college or a small college, a JUCO as well. But I want to give a big shout out to Josh Natai and the entire Natai family. Now, Jimmy Natai, Josh's older brother, Jimmy is going to Stanford. He's in his first year at Stanford University. Now, when you're a kid growing up in Australia, I don't think you realize you can comprehend how difficult that is. First of all, to be a good enough baseball player to play at a, at a big, you know, big school, uh, especially you know Pac-12 school, and on top of that, have the grades to go with it. Jimmy stayed at my house this summer. He, he was working out down the drive line, and I got got to hang out with him. Amazing kid. He comes from an amazing family. His dad Joe, his mom Natalie. I love the eyes. Amazing people, and they have raised two kids. And his younger brother excuse me they've raised three kids bella bella's actually worked with us a little bit as well and she's killing it uh she's a lawyer as well i mean just an absolute stud family i get i get it man it's it's a tough tough standard to keep but the younger brother josh now i've seen josh play i never forget we're on a field in january we, we set up this tournament and i was on like there was two fields kind of backing into each other and we set up cones for like the home run fence I remember one kid said to me, he said, hey, man, because we're talking about Josh now, I can't remember what it was. And and one of his teammates and someone who knows him, I was like, oh, I I just heard this comment. He said, oh, dude, Josh is going to just absolutely (laughs) own this place. I was like, what do you mean? He said, dude, he's going to, because I'm like, this home run fence is pretty big, right? Anyway, what he meant was that big Josh, man, this kid, he can hit. So I, I never forget, I'm on the backfield. I'm talking to this group of kids. And I am... I don't know how many... Hundreds of feet away. I mean, it was like a... It was a big boy shot, right? But I'm over on the other field. I'm talking to these kids and, you know, coaching or, or, you know, telling them a story or whatever I was doing. And then I just hear this bonk and the ball drops right next to me. I'm like, what was that? And like, oh, Josh just hit a bomb. I'm like, are you kidding me? We had a game. We we're about to start a game on this backfield. I remember talking. I was just like, well, he hit that from that field over there. It was insane. So there's something special. now. Now, Josh... Nadi, his brother's gone to Stanford. Josh just committed to go to Oregon State University. So big congratulations. The kid's going to absolutely kill it. Travis Bazzana goes there. Um, another kid who he's going to go in the top couple rounds in the draft here in a couple years. They've got a great program. Rich Dorman, Coach Cannon, The coaches, the environment, the culture there is unreal. So massive, massive shout out to Josh Nadi, Kill it, my man. So that that's kind of what i do i know i know you if you listen to this you probably see me doing you know stuff on root sports or uh on the radio or you listen to, to the stuff on the radio but that, that's another big passion of mine I mean, if you go to nextgenbaseball.com you see everything we do we, we, i did some camps this summer in bellevue in seattle and uh i've just had, it's been a tough couple of years i'm not gonna lie after covid you know some some stuff happened where we had to sort of restructure a little bit and how i'm gonna do things but we have got some big things coming up, some a couple of big partnerships coming up. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'm excited about that. I just love coaching kids. I do a winter program here in Seattle, where I have three groups of ten throughout the week, and we get massive results, massive, massive results. You can even follow Next Gen Baseball over at, at uh, Next Gen Baseball on Instagram. You can see some of the, you know, the camp stuff, the the you know the the velocity training. And speaking of, I do have a brand new Velocity Arm Care Program. It's in. It's remote. You can do it from your phone. It's really cheap, by the way. It's not going to cost much. Um, and I'm going to write that program up. I'm just putting the finishing touches on it now. And I've actually, believe it or not, I mentioned Jimmy and going to Driveline during the summer. I've actually spent a little bit of time down there this summer. And amazing people down at Driveline, which is right down the street from my place. I'm going to bring more strains into Driveline. I can't wait. But I've actually started using a lot of their stuff too. So I know I, I was never using driveline stuff. I do a ton of overload, underload slash way to ball training. But um, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot more of the driveline stuff. I just love what they do. It's, it's brand new stuff. It's amazing. It gets results. What I noticed these last couple of months... I uh, just got massive results with some of the kids I work with here in person. So I'm excited about that too. So it's going to be all, a lot of the driveline stuff, we're going to morph it into some of the phases I use. Anyway, enough of that. You're probably sitting there going, I don't care about all this because you don't have a kid who plays baseball or um, yeah, you're not into velocity programs or any of that kind of stuff. I just want to do a couple shout outs, man. I'm excited to get back in the swing of things when it comes to everything next gen baseball because I absolutely love it I do have a couple more kids I'm going to announce some big commitments as well coming up here soon so that's what I spend a lot of my time on when I'm not doing tv radio now the season's over that's some of the stuff I'm doing Uh, so I'm excited man I'm excited so you can also reach out to me too you can go to nextgenbaseball.com send me a message uh, if you are interested in some of that stuff, let me know. I'd love to help you. Whether you're here in Seattle or you're remote, let me know. Or you got a little niece, nephew, cousin, whatever, wants to get stuck into some training, I'd love to help them. All right, enough of that. Now, listen, uh, I, I do want to answer a question. I do get questions and I do a terrible job at answering them. So Simon the uh sorry, yeah, is it Simone the Pope? Let me just check real quick. I've got to just check my, the list of questions here. Hold on. This is a good one, and I want I want to I want to look into it. Hold on one second, let me find it. Episodes. They asked this. Um, by the way, on Spotify, you can actually answer questions, and they obviously did this answering questions. Let me check it. Who? I just want to make sure I got the name right. Oh yeah, it's Simon the Pope. What? This is a good one. I like. Now again, uh, uh, all your questions. Uh, I wish I could answer them all, but th- this is a good one. What former Mariner deserves to win a World Series the most in their career? And I thought about this for a while. And you have the, the, some of the guys like, you know, Dan Wilson, Ichiro, Griffey, some of, you know, there's a bunch of Mariners. But I will say this. He, he was a guy when we had the, the playoff game here against the Astros just recently. Felix Hernandez. Now, I got a chance to play with Felix in his prime, right? It was seriously unreal. It was so fun to watch him pitch. It was fun to be around him and seeing him do his thing in his prime. I'm talking, you know, the years I was with the Mariners, I'm talking circa 07, 08, 09, 10, those years around there. Man, this dude, it was next level. And what I mean by that is he would get on the ropes. Like I'm talking, he'd be cruising, whack double, right? And all of a sudden, I remember because – Early on in my career, I was in the bullpen. I remember sitting in the bullpen, going, oh, "Okay, here we go." Now, usually, when it's like the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, you know, give up a double, base hit, whatever it may be, you're like, oh, "Okay, all right. is this that moment where bullpen has to get going in case something happens?" Whatever. I swear, I swear, man, Felix just turned it up another level. He had that ability, and this is what the best in the world do. You see Justin Verlander do it, Clayton Kershaw. Even though stuff wise, he doesn't, he's not, he's a tick off a little bit from where he was back in his prime years. When there's runners in scoring position, and this is for those kids too who are pitching, if you want to be really, really good, figure out what you do with runners in scoring position. If you struggle when there's runners on third and second, you struggle to throw strikes, or you struggle to get guys out, that's where you have to check in with yourself and figure out what am I doing? Because the best in the world do the best job out it. I'm telling you, Felix, man, he was kind of cruising at 60, 70% and then boom, all of a sudden it was 90, 100%. percent i never forget those There was times where his stuff just went through the roof, the velocity went up. But when you talk about someone who deserves to win a World Series, the reason I'm saying Felix is because in those prime years, he was on teams that were scuffling. Now, I've been on some rough teams. I'm going to talk about some of the off-season stuff here in a second because this ties into it. When you're on, when you're on a team that's struggling... It is easy, especially when you're talking middle of August into September. It is easy to simply mail it in. I've seen it happen. It sounds crazy, but dudes just go, you know what? This season's over. I'm watching these other teams clinch, or I'm looking at these other teams have success, and I'm just kind of rolling through this, especially when you're making a ton of money. But, man, i got to say, the fact that Felix was pitching year in, year out, putting up the numbers he was on bad teams – that makes it extra tough. It, it Trust me, it, when you're on a good team and you're in a good environment and a good headspace and a good culture, it's way easier to perform. I've been on teams where you're around dudes that you walk into the clubhouse, you can't look each other in the eye, and it absolutely sucks. I'm telling you right now, it is tough to pitch in. I had that in 2008. I remember I just blocked it out. I pitched really well, got a chance to pitch in, in the starting rotation. But man, it, it is tough because you just... you. you, you you're a product of your environment. It just happens that way. It's unreal. So it's tough when things are going great. You've seen it too. You've seen all the conversation and we love each other as a team and all this kind of stuff you hear about with the Mariners. Baseball's fun, man. When you get on that plane, you go on that bus to go to the airport, you know, you get in that elevator <laughs> to jerk out of some of the floors you're going up to. It's just different. And I've been on both sides of the, the, the aisle with that. And it, man, it is tough. So, I've got to say, Felix Hernandez, he'd be the dude who I think deserves it the most because he was there in his prime in some shitty years as well. I mean, if you had Felix in his prime right now with this team, i got to say, could you imagine? I mean, it would be a blast. You'd have Felix, Luis Castillo, George Kirby. I mean, the rotation would be insane. It'd be fun to watch, especially when they're winning and they're about to go to the playoffs, et cetera. It would just go to another level. All right. Now, speaking of the Mariners, Couple of things that have popped up in the last week or so since the season finished. First of all, Jesse Winker. I want to talk about him. For uh, first and foremost, now, look, he had a down year. There is no doubt about it. There's a big trade. You go back, look at the timeline. He had. A, he was an all star last year. Gets traded. New team, comes in. He's a bit of a character. Now, as we all know, spring training, right? It's it's a time where everyone is optimistic. It's a time where everyone's buddy-buddy because for a couple of reasons. Number one, guys are sick of sitting at home. They're antsy to get going for the season. They've put on all this work and they're dying to get out on the field and compete and do their thing. Spring training is a magical time. It really is. The other part of that is too, wins and losses don't matter. So you're in this environment where you go in every day, you're open-minded. You might have some mental skills guru comes in and you know, makes you hum and you're like, oh, this is great. I'm telling you right now, when you have some mental skills coach coming in doing some hocus pocus, for example, in the middle of July, when your team's struggling, it's hot outside or you're struggling, you're hitting 200, good luck. He'd, he'd get booed out of the room. But spring training is that magical time. So here comes Jesse Winker, right The right spring training, kicking off, comes in all-star last year, you know, big expectations, et cetera, et cetera. We all know the deal. And he struggled. He'd be the first to tell you that this was an absolute struggle. So now, and again, the reason I'm talking about him is because some stuff has come out about his, you know, quote unquote, tired tired act and everything else. Now, there are certain guys you play with, and I call it the the, the class clown effect. So we all know when we we're in school, you may have been one of these people. Sometimes I was that dude, honestly. Now, you have the class clown, right? And when everyone's getting their work in, everyone's having a good time, and the teacher's happy, and you're able to, to, you know, like I said, get your work done, whatever. The class clown is hilarious. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I love Key and Peel, by the way. Have you ever seen that Key and Peel where um, the dude, one of the, I, can't, I don't know who's who, I think, um, anyway, the, the one dude's the class clown, and the teacher just, he entertains it for a second, and then he just goes nuts. Remember, the, 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 the teacher's got the ponytail. It's hilarious, right? Anyway, but you can see the teacher just getting fired up. Well, the rest of the class is thinking it's hilarious, the whole bit. So when I say the class clown effect, if everyone's winning, everyone's doing their thing, you know what? You can tolerate some class clownness. You can. But the minute you start to struggle or the minute that the, the class clown himself's hitting 200, it can be obnoxious. We all know that. So I think for Jesse Winker, is he a bad is he a bad dude? Is he a tire act? No, dude. The guy the dude struggled. He's a character, right? And he would be the first to tell you, like I said, it was a down year. Now, what happens next is all that matters. The Mariners, I, I look, I, I don't see the Mariners doing anything this offseason unless there's an opportunity where uh, Jesse Winker, they can flip him for someone else or something like that that happens. You cannot pin that. If that moves ha- move first of all, if that move happens, you have to pin that on the fact that um, it's a situation where, oh, uh, you know what? Hey, if someone values him enough, we could get some value in return, boom. But with all that being said, I think Jesse Winker will be a mariner in spring training. And I also think there's a few things that that he has to address. First of all, he's got to get stronger. He has to get... The dude has to get stronger. He has a really good base because he can identify pitches. He recognizes pitches. He just didn't have any juice, man. He did have no juice in that bat. It was unreal. He just... He looked slim in the uniform and he would be the first to tell you again that, man, I just simply have to get more explosive. Straight up. Now, if if he gets more explosive and he has that base... He is going to be a force next year. I believe, and I don't say this lightly because usually I'm pretty critical. I think Jesse Winker is going to be a force for a couple of reasons. Number one, you do not, as a player, and I'm going to talk about the offseason here in a second, you don't leave a season like he did. Thinking, oh, you know what? I'm just going to blame every, everyone else or whatever. No, he's got a couple injuries. A couple of the injuries is because of you know whatever happens he's going to get through those injuries and then he's going to outsource right he's going to find seek out what is the best information he's going to self-evaluate he's going to find that he needs to be stronger right and he needs to get some more more explosiveness and he's going to come in he's going to drop in a good four or five months worth of getting some strength you add some strength to that approach and and his swing honestly he's got a nice swing right he's going to he's going to put up some numbers he's going to walk just the same rate as he did but he's going to he's going to pair that with some 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 uh some thump in that bat you watch now if he doesn't well that's on him if he doesn't he's not playing straight up there's already been that uh, threats because when i'm talking about left field defensively he was not good he has to address that too i'm not going to get into the defense side of things but for him it's a situation you are going to do that or you're not, just not going to play right that's just the way it goes but i really believe that he's going to do the hard hard yards, seek out what it is, where he can go to get stronger and to address what some of the weak links are. That's what players do. There is never a situation. Well, no, there is a situation, I'll take that back. But the good players, the ones who get to a level that Jesse Winker has in his career, they seek out what it is they have to do, and they go do it. That's just that's what they do. Now, let's get into JP Crawford. All right, I'm going to get into a couple players and then I want to talk about the offseason. All right, so J.P. Crawford, I got asked this on the radio the other day. There's some big free agents out there who play shortstop, the most premier bus- defensive position there is. It really is, man. You, when you have a top flight shortstop, right, who can do both, they can hit, they can play defense. That's the, that's the, that's the cream of the crop. It really is. So a couple of people asked me, hey, do you think J.P. Crawford would be willing to slide over to second base? Now, oh man, it's <laughs> it's, it's such a tough question. I am going to say, no, he's not. Now, if you're a Mariners fan, and I'm going to get into this whether you're a Mariners fan or not, because I'm going to talk about some of the, the, the psychology that goes into this as a player, right? Now, J.P. Crawford is a shortstop. We all know that. He has won a gold glove he's turned his career around. He went from being essentially close to a bust to coming to the Mariners, a a new home. Perry Hill was instrumental in in turning around his career. And now he's, essentially, he's a very good shortstop in the game. Now, when he's injury-free, he can have better defensive metrics. When he's injury-free, he can have more range. When he's injury-free, he can... I think some of that defensive stuff can seep into what he does offensively as well. So the question is, would the front office ask J.P. Crawford, hey, listen, would you be willing to slide over to second base so we can go get superstar Tommy Smith over here, I, you know, insert whatever free agent you want, to come in? We're going to pay him six years, a gazillion dollars. And a lot of fans are hoping... Right, and maybe the front office too, if that's where they're gonna, that's the direction they're gonna go is gonna be, is gonna be in the mindset of JP Crawford's going, yeah, what's best for the team. Now I get it, man. Look, JP Crawford, he loves his Seattle Mariners, he loves his teammates, everything else. If I'm JP's agent, or if I'm JP's dad, or his brother, or his cousin, or whatever, I'm saying, listen, you do whatever you can to stay right there at shortstop, because a couple reasons. Number one your value goes way down if you're a second baseman. If you're a second baseman and let's say he puts up the same offensive numbers that he did last year, well, then your value goes way down. You have to put up some sick numbers or do something special for your value to continue to progress and go up. Now, I know he just signed a a five-year deal, but guess what? He's going to be a free agent after a couple of these years. and it goes quick, as we all know. We've all seen that. So if I'm in J.P. Crawford's camp, I'm like, listen, J.P., right publicly you want to do what's best for the team we all know that but for you do not now again agent i put my agent hat on here do not leave shortstop whatever it takes you tell them listen i am not willing not in these words um you go about the right way i'm not willing to give up playing shortstop i'm not excuse me take that back i'm not willing to play second base this next year okay because this is what happens guys this is what happens and this goes for anyone in any position. You're asked to do something which is less valuable than what you're doing. It's never going to end well. I don't care what line of work you're in. So let's let, let's play it out. JP Crawford in, let's say, January. Let's say they sign some superstar, Tommy Smith, whoever. I don't know. I mean, I know you're all thinking of different guys out there, free agents, whatever. But all right, January rolls in. Let's play it out a little bit. Let's role play here a little bit. Well, not role play. Let's just play it out. I don't even know what I'm talking about. All right. JP Crawford, guess what? Um, oh, he's he's willing to play second base, and I've seen this before. I'm going to use a couple examples here in a minute. Uh, all right, it, it comes out publicly. JP is going to get go get some reps at second base. Perry Hill's going to help him out. Wow, it's it's Wonderland. Everyone's happy. Everyone loves each other. What's best for the team? Blah blah blah. All the cliches you want to throw at it. He goes into spring training, plays second base. Uh, Like I said, spring training is a magical time. We all know it. Jesse Winker's put on 10 pounds. He's going to kill it this year. We all know that, right? Spring training is a very magical time. But this is what happens. April, May, June, the months start rolling in. You're around each other a ton. Let's say JP Crawford struggles offensively. Let's say he's killing it. Actually, either way, killing it. If he's killing it offensively, guess what? His value drops because he could have been a premier offensive slash defensive shortstop because let's act like he's healthy, right? So he knows that, man. He knows that. He's got these close people around him saying, damn, man, if you're playing shortstop right now, those little things start to seep in, those little things. If he's struggling offensively, it's double that, okay? There's double those thoughts saying, man, I gave up the most premier position in the field. So then he has that conversation with uh, teammate X, whoever it is in the outfield. He has that conversation, whatever. So now all of a sudden, J.P. Crawford's like, man, what have I done here? Regardless, the team could be winning 100 games. It doesn't matter, right? J.P. still has that underlining feeling inside his head saying, man, I'm a really friggin' good shortstop. I want a gold glove. I deserve to be over at shortstop, right? But guess what? He's trying to do what's best for the team and he he, he took a, um, a demotion, essentially, and he's playing second base, okay? So... When you do that, the minute that happens, and I've seen this inside the clubhouse. I'll use an example here in a minute. It just carries it, it carries through the entire clubhouse, whether you like it or not. When you're asked to do something, when you're one of the team leaders, okay? And a lot of people could say, oh, well, when Chris Flexen went to the bullpen. That had a ripple effect. It did. But I will say this. Chris Flexen is not Robbie Ray. In other words, he's not one of these, like, you know, the, on, on all the posters you know, on the team store, et cetera. JP is. Now, JP is one of those team leaders. The minute you ask one of your dudes to go take a demotion, it never ends well. So the Mariners' front office, I'm going to put my front office hat on here, have to tread lightly. Sure, they can ask JP. He might say yes, but it's going to have a ripple effect and consequences. And you can go back to this episode, October, I'm recording this October 25th, 2022. You can go back to this episode, July 2023, or whatever you want. And we can, we can go back and, and see what the result is, if that's the case. Now, I'm not saying they're going to look for a free agent, but I'm just saying be very, very mindful of that. The biggest example I can use, 2010. What a disaster if you're a Mariners fan. I had a disaster year. Absolutely threw me off. I'm going to get into my offseason here in a minute and what some of these players go through here in a minute. But I will say this uh jose lopez was asked to play third base i never forget it spring training, he's like yeah this is great third base blah 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 more of a power here whatever the conversation was now he's scuffling a little bit the team's scuffling figgins is an absolute turd as a teammate right we all know that so, so figgins went from being third, a third baseman with the angels they wanted more his defense up the middle so he went to second base jose lopez slid over to third base now jose lopez i kind of came up with him in the minor leagues a little bit and then we played you know for a couple of years seven eight nine and you know good teammate love the dude he was great he was awesome he was a nice bridge between you know some some it's not like I'm hanging out with the latin players because i don't speak spanish right and so jose was one of those dudes who kind of bridge some of the jokes and the and the chemistry between some of the latin players and the and the american dudes or whatever he he was a good dude man Uh trade did the same thing whatever kind of that, that icebreaker so everyone can hang out and whatever look 2010 he wasn't happy the dude wasn't happy he was struggling offensively and he was playing third base. And he just, it, it, he was a different dude. He was. And I get it, man. I understand where he's coming from. I totally do. At the time, I was like, oh, what the hell, man? Team first, right? But I understand where he was coming from. He essentially gave up a position, right, that he was comfortable in to go play third base. Now, times that by 10, because if I'm talking about J.P. Crawford, because he's given up a shortstop position. He's a defensive shortstop as of now, right? We all know that. He, I know he, can, he has uh, streaks there where he can hit to go play second base. I'm sorry, but that he times that by 10, especially if he starts struggling. I'm not saying because he's a bad dude, he doesn't care about the team. That's just how it works. I'm telling you right now. You don't ever take a demotion like that um, uh, unless you are uh, basically forced to do so because long-term, it's just never a good good situation. All right, let's talk about 2010. Let's talk about some off-seasons real quick. Players are going into their off-season, okay? I've had different... (laughs) facets of my career and different head spaces i'm gonna talk about a couple of them 2007 i'll be quick with this too but 2007 my first year in the big leagues um straight after that myself and brandon morrow good buddy of mine has been on the show back in the day um 07 make my debut i'm actually having a pretty good year i think i had like a three or something out of the pan i was kind of acting like i could belong in the big leagues that's the hardest thing you get called up to the big leagues. And you want to, you, you get comfortable there for a second. I'm going to talk about this in regards to off seasons, but then you realize you're like, man, that's really freaking hard to stick around because there is 50 dudes below you who do the same, have the same skill set, who are all doing good stuff in AAA, who are pushing, who are trying to push to get to that spot. And the only reason you're keeping them out of there is because you're throwing up some scoreless innings. If you don't, they're just going to get onto the next one. That's the way it goes. So that hits you pretty hard. So you realize that you really have to, to keep killing it. So seven, I'm finished winding down the year. I'm stoked. I'm like, I can't wait just to go home and quote unquote celebrate. In other words, have some downtime to really celebrate the fact that I made it to the major leagues, man. It was, it was a great thing. And then I get, Brandon Morrow and I get called in the office and they tell us, I was like, you've got to be kidding me that we had to go play winnable. We had to go to Venezuela and go make five starts each because they're looking at, at us in the starting <laughs> rotation for 2008. Now, again, you think of that and go, oh, wow, they want you to be a starting pitcher. That's great. That's a promotion. That's a blah, blah, blah. Your stock goes through the roof, everything else. But I know in the in the back of my head, I know what that means. That means i have got to spend my off season or the half of it going to play in Venezuela when I just want to chill and get back in shape. And number two... Um, that means that essentially I'm going to AAA to start. I'm not like, I'm not going to be in this rotation next year. So I'm just going to be like, um, I'm going to be, uh, an insurance policy in AAA, or I'm just going to be depth in AAA. I the writing was on the wall. I was like, man, you've got to be joking. So that off season, I worked my ass off. I went to, to try and go start, came back, got in shape because I wanted to prove that I was going to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues. I didn't want to go back to AAA. Who does, right? You have your first year in the big leagues. You feel like you're getting comfortable. You want to start. You want to make the opening day roster in the big leagues. So sure enough, right before, we all know 2008, we trade away. Adam Jones who has been on the show. He's coming back on actually this offseason. 2008 rolls around. Eric Bedard comes in. Carlos Silva comes in. They want myself and Brandon Mario back in the bullpen. The whole thing was a waste of time, right, up until that point in my head. So I go into 2008, make the team and, and um, you know, do my thing 08. Um, then at the end of 2008, um, I had a good year, really good year. had like a 3-4 as a starting pitcher. I go into that offseason. Now, the reason I didn't sit back and get to what I'm getting to here in a minute uh, for the next offseason, the 2008 finished, we had a terrible year. I, I did well. We had a terrible year. Everyone was getting fired, and they kept telling us, we are just going to dismantle this team. So I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, man, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to get traded away? Am I going to whatever? I'm not going to have the same coaches. So I knew that off-season I had to come back into spring training if I was still going to be a mariner and impress these new coaches all over again. You had to do it all over again. All right? So I go back into spring training, and I'm in good shape, had a good off-season because I had that hunger about me. I didn't get comfortable, right? Then 2009 rolls around. 2009, I went from I got injured in the beginning of the year. I had some issues with the front office. I'll talk about it another time. If you're interested in hearing about that, I'll tell it another time. I just don't have time right now. I finished the year off. Everyone's kissing my ass. Everyone's like, "Oh man, yeah, look, you, you're, you're a dude." I had another good year in the rotation, and I got "quote unquote" comfortable, right? I just met Amanda at the end of the season, my now wife, Amanda, um, we had just started dating and I was head over heels. I was single for a long time. And then I met Amanda and it was game over. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done being single. This is, I'm gonna marry this, marry this person. And sure enough, we did. We have two kids now and, and yeah, you know, obviously things are going very well to this day. Uh, she's actually upstairs right now. But I just met Amanda and I go in the off season and I thought I had it figured out. I went in saying, and I just wanted to, to, to I just wanted to, to, to chill and celebrate. Finally, right, had this off season, and like I said, everyone thought I was awesome, telling me, oh, you know, I've got it made. I don't have to, you know, I'm not hungry. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. It was the shittiest, the most waste of time off season I've ever had. Now I see this with young kids. I talked about next gen baseball earlier. I see this with young kids. They go for, for professional baseball the first couple of years, and they get their new swag that, you know, the new the team's hoodie and the hat, and they wear it back in Australia and they walk around, and they they come they're like, oh, I'm I'm am a professional player. I'm big time, right? And I see it. Some kids do that, and they're they're just comfortable. And all of a sudden, they go in for the second year, third year, fourth year. They're like, oh shit. Man, I actually have to keep up. I can't. You can't get stagnant. I have to keep up with all these other younger players. Because guess what? Every year there's another hundred dudes they're signing, and they're going to push you out of a spot. That's what happens. But then there's other kids who just they have that drive. They keep working and keep getting after it, et cetera, et cetera Right? cetera, yeah, Right. There's 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 two types two types of uh, of people. Well, I got really comfortable. 2009 finishes finishes. I'm hanging out. Went scuba diving, went on these big trips. I was spending money hanging out with Amanda. Amanda flew down to Australia and we had a we had a blast. A great off season. You know, we spent Christmas together, the whole bit, right? And I was literally throwing plane catch to a brick wall on the Gold Coast in Australia. That's how bad it was. Cause I just like, yeah, you know, I'll just go into spring training, get my work in, I'm in the rotation, I don't have to fight for a job. And guess what, mate? It friggin' hit me hard. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I couldn't believe it. I went into spring training. Velo was down. I'm filming commercials. I cared more about filming these silly commercials that you can find online than I did worrying about what. Because I, I was getting crushed, right? Every every spring training game, I'm like, oh, it's just spring training. We're good. I and then all of a sudden, April rolls around, and I start really second guessing who I am. And I really started – the confidence was shot, absolutely shot. And it all stemmed from the fact that had a good year and I walked into that offseason getting comfortable. So when I say that, the players right now, all your favorite players are all in different headspaces. Jesse Winker, for example, I believe that because of these struggles, because of all the struggles he had, and the really the, essentially when you think about it, the first time he's really struggled, right? He, and we all know, without struggle, there is no progress. You have to struggle to make progress. We all know that, right? I think that's enough for him, that he, what he went through, to go the extra, not go back into his regular routine. He's 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 changing it up. And you'll you'll figure that out as this off-season rolls around. I really believe that. Or even as spring training rolls around. These other guys who, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I've seen it a thousand times, man. I've seen some of the biggest players... They get that deal. They in year two of that deal, whatever. And they're like, "Yeah, I got this figured out. Just do the same old thing." And all of a sudden, April rolls around. They didn't quite put in that work in that off season, and they get their ass handed to them. And guess what? They, guess what? They can't, what happens to the they start second guessing themselves because their confidence just absolutely goes, just flutters away, just like the ERA. <laughs> I've seen it happen a bunch of times. So. Whenever you watch a player come into the next year and you, you're questioning, oh, what happened to that guy? I'm telling you right now, look back to what, what they did. And uh, look, I'll, I'll go back. I can't speak for him, but I'm just assuming here, Jesse Winker makes the all-star team. Again, he's a he's a big deal now. He's a big player. Everyone knows, he's on the map. Everyone knows who he is. He would have gone into this off season before 2022. I'll get this figured out. And guess what happened, right? It happens all the time some of the best players in the world though they never ever settle they never get comfortable i wish i had that but unfortunately i'll admit you know i've had to work my ass off and prove a lot of people wrong that's my whole that's my whole thing right anytime someone tells me i can't do something or you know threatens to do something better than me especially when you know i'm running next general baseball i'm like all right it just wakes me up and next thing you know i'm i'm hitting hard again i didn't have that i lost that i needed people by the way mariners fans if you're listening you should, and if you, around 20, 2010, you, sh, uh, you should have got on me quick and said, oh, you're not that good, dude. You need to figure it out. And there was no, none of that. It was just, that I, I didn't have that where I had to prove people wrong. And so I not everyone's like that. You know, Max Scherz was on this show a couple of years, uh, what, what was that, 2020. He said, he goes, I've never been that way. He goes, I, I don't need that. I don't you know respond when someone tells me I can't do something. But other, everyone's, everyone else is different. You have to stay hungry. No matter what you do in life, you have to stay hungry because there is no such thing as stagnation. There's no such thing as staying in one place. The world just keeps moving on as we all see. So if you're in a situation, you don't have to be an athlete. Don't ever get comfortable. Yeah, sure. Enjoy, the, the, enjoy those little moments. Stay present as best you can. But look ahead and say, how can I progress here? What struggles do I have to go through? can be self-inflicted struggles if you hit the gym or whatever it may be or you, you're trying to create something or you're a young player and you're listening to this. Go through that struggle. Don't ever, ever get comfortable. You make a team. who That's great. Celebrate. That's awesome. Stepping stone. But guess what? Tomorrow is the next day and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing because, man, I made that that fatal mistake and guess what? Career absolutely fell into free fall. So... Anyway, with all that being said, but and by the way too, I learned so much from those moments too. I will say this, man. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now um, when, when it comes, it wasn't all bad. I wouldn't be doing what I was doing, TV and radio, if I didn't go through that. Now, I, it, it was hell. I'm not going to lie. It was depressing. I went through some tough times. 2010 was rough, rough, rough. Self-inflicted the whole bit. But i got to say, I learned so much and I grew so much from that. And again, I even when I do tv and radio now i am so competitive i know i get on if you're here in seattle or get on tv and i'm like oh happy go lucky woohoo no, no no i am every time i go on i'm on a friggin' mission to prove everyone that i a belong here and b I, I i am ready for the next step it's always the way same thing with radio and and same thing with what i do with next gen baseball with these kids i'm working with you cannot stay in one place. It just you just you're either progressing or you're regressing. That's just the way it goes. All right, I'm going to jump off. Grant's going to join me again next episode. I'm going to get Kelly the Apprentice. We got a bunch of guests coming up this off season. Hit me up. Let us know. You can you can if you're on Spotify, you can uh, you can ask a question there. You can go on social media. Hit, hit us up if you, if you want us to talk about whatever, uh, any topic, baseball, non baseball, whatever it is. We're an open book. We just love having these conversations and uh, having people join us and everything that goes with it. All right, guys. I'm going to jump off again. I will say this too. If you're a next-genner, one of my young next geners from Australia or here in the US, uh, and you want the throwing program and you think it's right for you and you, you'll, you'll get something from it, let me know and we'll, we'll get it dialed in. Besides that, everyone else, have a good off-season. Happy holidays. We've got... Halloween coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, I'm going to enjoy some downtime. I can't wait for next year, though, man. what What a year the Mariners had. Awesome, awesome, awesome year. We need more playoffs, though. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.